0: everybody and yeah we're back fantasy hockey x season dose here on blog talk radio well for now uh chris wassell the host for the next 60 minutes we'll get into some previews of sorts uh daily fantasy hockey wise maybe delve into a little season-long stuff with uh, my compadres uh mr michael clifford and chris pacheco
1: guys Well, Well, I guess it's it's that time of year now, isn't it? I guess I I had to rub
0: my eyes and make sure it was September, and then I watched. I watched the Mets and realized, yes, it's September.
1: Why are they losing? (laughs) Oh yeah, and badly.
0: There's ways. Look, for folks that don't know, if Terry Collins and Jack Capuano are not brothers, I'm disappointed. I've never watched two guys that
1: could literally lose a game like these two. It's
0: it's it's fascinating to watch. Uh,
1: I think there's a, a manager by uh, the old name of Matt Williams that might have something to say about that.
0: Yeah, he's getting there, and that may be why the Mets survive more than anything else. <laughs> just, just get a, yeah, it's a battle not a royale the and go. Um, speaking of Pete DeBorce, no, uh, no, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. We're not going there yet. Um look, it's been a strange off season. Some players that we expected to be signed still are not. Um Yuri Talusti, anyone? Um, that Cody Francis guy that I swear was gonna get signed any day by Boston and it never happened. Sorry,
2: Chris. <laughs> is that is that my cue to come into the show? That might be. <laughs> <laughs> what is going on, gentlemen? I have missed you this off season a lot. I am glad to be back.
1: Um, I but I'm,
2: I'm obviously not really looking forward to the Bruins season, but I am looking forward to talking NHL DFS. Not really the Bruins, though. So if we can exclude yeah, the I... Bruins from the show that would always be a plus for me personally.
0: And hey, hey look, look at it this way. I I just read something today basically. Is I wasn't supposed to read it because I do I do work for far too many guides. And a certain publication has a devil's finishing behind Arizona. And I wish I was kidding. I won't say you know which what? one I, it is. I, I'll just say it's a I, one that does not publish
1: until September in Canada. I can like I don't want to say they will but I can almost kind of see that like I know like Arizona is just going to get killed in the west obviously you know they <laughs> to to say the rebuilding is is kind of a slap in the face to teams that rebuild they are more or less just Buffalo Sabres the shit out of the offseason in last year um, but and uh, like I think the one difference between the two teams might be uh, what? Maybe a little bit more younger scoring, younger upcoming talent for Arizona, but then again New Jersey hasn't decided to end a net with Schneider. So <laughs> that could be a actually a fun race to watch as March and April roll around and see the race to the bottom to get the get the pick for and Matthews. Yeah,
0: I, I think s I think that's the very thing, is it? Snyder Snyder's uh goalie point share was in the top five in the league if it hadn't been for oh, I don't know. Um a few things. It probably would have been even past carry prices level. That, that's how bad New Jersey was last year. Uh, if you do, basically, if you do the math, the devil should have had 60 points last year. Schneider stole about 20, or <laughs> darn close. I, I know the number was like 14.1 or something like that. But I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like if you had Schneider and DFS, at least most nights you were guaranteed in not giving up a lot of gold and he didn't really kill you. You just had to spend money to make sure he, you didn't get killed. And that's kind of the problem. Um, tonight on the show, as promised, we will talk about San Jose at about 9.55. That way we keep it as humanly brief as possible and and do our quick lamentations of what San Jose did to us last year in many different ways. Uh, like I said, the one big announcement right off, right off the bat, guys, in two weeks, we're off Blog Talk Radio. Forgot.
1: <laughs> that's
2: it. See ya.
0: I'm
1: going. I'm yeah, going, that's, I'm going that's to probably talk, the I'm best. Talk that's shiver. the best news I've, I've heard in, in about, uh, probably at least a month. I would say. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. Like I, when I started podcasting, I was doing it with Tony Moriello. We had our problems with Blog Talk. Um, i was doing my own. A couple of years ago, it was just four problems with Blog Talk. It just it just seems that they can never put out a consistent product, and it's 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 kind of brutal because it is such a huge platform. But it the software or the software and the, and the site itself
2: terrible. Yeah, you know why it, I don't? It, it got to. Uh, it, it, Waffle, I'm sorry hurt, to God, cut it you it off. It but... got to the point
0: where you know basically, look, I'm paying forty bucks a month for this, and for the one month that the Hi Fi service that they had, it actually worked. That's what I think pisses me off more than anything. It actually – something on Blog Talk actually worked for me. And I heard people, oh, you know, our show went just fine and everything. And I never had that, like, nice feeling of a show going smoothly. I had that for about six weeks. It was it was the most beautiful thing. And then they pulled the plug on it because of football season. I wish I was kidding. Uh, basically, when all the fantasy football shows started coming back, guys, that's when they started having problems.
2: Hey, hey, Waffle, I was just gonna say that I yes. don't believe that what what Mike said was completely accurate in terms of that's the best news I've heard he's heard in a month. Um, for two reasons. One, um Jeff Petrie did resign with the Canadiens, and two, the Blue Jays are doing really well. So whatever he said <laughs> I kinda smell a little
1: bullshit there.
2: Oh okay. just <laughs> saying
1: Okay but, okay, but 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 Petrie was over a month ago by now because it is September first. Yeah, you true. know, give or take, and and the Blue Jays are more of an ongoing thing. Um, all their trades were done, um, you know, before August rolled around. So technically, it has been the best news I've had. Actually, I should. I, yeah, I really shouldn't say that because I have friends listening. I think one got engaged over the last few weeks, and I'm with one of their weddings. So yeah, probably it's kind walk of better. A little I mean,
0: bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you can't do that, Mike. I mean, look. Even I got engaged over the summer. Granted, you know, I did that early in, in, in a far more maybe stranger. Well, not stranger setting, but Vegas is always always a fun place. Um, just apparently when I went, it was 115 degrees every day that week. I actually we, – we had joked, folks, that we were going to do a show that week, and I couldn't because it was literally that hot. <laughs> it, it was it, it was pointless to try. I had the terrace set up outside of everything, and it was perfect because I could sit outside. And then you realize, well, you know, 9 o'clock Eastern time show, it's 6 p.m. out there. It's still 114 degrees outside. I'm not going to sit outside at that point. Uh, I'm, I'm heading for the for the pool and the beach club, etc., and, and I'm gone. Um, or the philosophy of the New Jersey Devils uh, drafting the you know the department the last decade.
1: Um, either we way, you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about that now. They're all in Toronto, so they can go ruin another franchise.
0: Yay! Thank God. <laughs> I, I really am waiting for like you know Chris Lamorella to somehow surface in the Marley's organization. I really am. I know it's not going to happen, but I, I keep I keep hoping just just so he doesn't keep ruining Albany. Um, but eh, I, I, I digress. Um, it, it's been strange though going through particularly you know calendar turn turned this morning and I, and I looked at him like. Yeah. You know, doesn't doesn't feel like fall, guys, yet. Doesn't feel like hockey weather. Walked outside, got hit in the head with an acorn, and I'm like, Fair enough. Walk back inside. No. I was like, okay, squirrels are out. They they figured it out. It's December first. Let's let's go. Um, but yeah, I and mean, you know, we've had a lot going on. We've had this and that and whatever. My first question is this. I know Mike's answer on this already, Chris. Sidney Crosby going to get 100 points this season?
2: Um, okay, so Kessel is going to play on his line. Is that correct? Yes, yes
1: okay. it
2: is. Uh, at least to at least start training camp is
1: what they said. Uh, like, Obviously, right. and anybody can get moved around. We saw how much that top six got moved around last year. But, yeah, they said that. Start training camp. as it's going to do with throws?
2: Um, I mean, look, it's tough for me to say he won't have a hundred point season. I'm going to put the injuries aside damn. and just just say that he's not going to get injured. I know that's that's probably unfair. You always have to Where, at least. Where's
0: my? Where's uh, that damn buzzer? Always, I'm going to miss this buzzer.
2: You, you should you should probably at least like account that a potential injury is could happen, but let's say he doesn't get injured. It's tough for me not to see him reach close to a hundred points simply because of his talent and because he's done it in other seasons, like I thought last year was probably an anomaly for his for the course of his career. For what his career has shown, so it's tough for me not to see it. Now, you guys might disagree um, on that, and I haven't done any sort of projections, and to be quite frankly with you guys, I haven't researched for a season-long fantasy much because I'm more focused on the DFS side, so I might be lagging there uh, a little bit, but I think if you ask me right now, gun to my head, if he would, I'd probably say there's a high probability for a yes. So here's the mm-hmm. thing with me,
1: and obviously, you know, Kessel coming in is just huge. Kessel's one of the best goal scorers over the last five or six seasons in the NHL. Um, that top six was a mess last year. You want to guess who was third in that top six and goals for 60 minutes. One was Hornfist, but he only played 64 games. Two was Vulcan, mm-hmm. but he doesn't play with Crosby. Mm-hmm. Number three on that list was Blake Como. It mm-hmm. going for 60 minutes. Yeah. There was at like, Chris Kunitz, he just had a terrible year. Uh, David Perron, he had a terrible year. You know, Crosby's a guy, yeah, sure, he can score 30 or 35 goals, but if he, you know, if he's going to get to the 100-point plateau, he needs the 65 or 70 assists, which means that he needs a guy finishing on his line, and he just didn't have that last year. Um, you know, as long as Kessel stays with Crosby. And don't forget, that power play, you know, that had a lot to do with their goal score, and The power play was just insane through the first month of the year. And then the next five months, they were like fourth or fifth worst in the league or something like that. Like, they were neck and neck with Florida. So you got to think the power play comes around, especially with a healthy crystal tank, 'cause Because, you know, you got to remember that defense core was decimated last year too. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, for sure, that Crosby's going to get to 100 points. But if there's anybody in the NHL this year that is going to get to 100 points, it won't be Tavares, it won't be Sagan, it won't be any of those guys. It would be Crosby. Yay. Okay.
0: Uh, now the, uh, the uh, inevitable uh, dick in the uh, room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does so
1: any, you disagree. Anybody,
0: there we go. Does anybody in their right mind think that the Pittsburgh Penguins can stay healthy for a whole entire season?
2: There we go. You have to even be,
0: it, it it won't even be it won't even be Crosby. Oh no. You know who's going to get injured? Because if you, if you, you know, if you're a high-profile guy and you get welcomed to Pittsburgh, what typically happens? You get injured. That's right. The guy who has not been injured barely in his entire career, if at all, other than his ego, would be Phil Kessel. Kessel is the reason why. Sidney Crosby does not get to 100 points this year, among others, but he's one of the main reasons why. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Pittsburgh will actually be a little bit healthier this year, but it's it's more it's more than just that. I have Crosby at 97 points, guys, in in 78 games. So in theory, yes, he could if he played all 82. He very well could end up with 100 points. I just think he misses a game here, a game there, and it may not even be an injury. It may just be, oh, he got the chicken pox. No, no, no. I will not throw chicken pox into this. But yeah, he might have to rest here and there. Um, you know, maybe he, you know the back tightens up or something. Yeah, goofy things like that. But he's not going to have something where he's out for half a season or you know two weeks like he had. You know, the case of having six grapes on each side of his cheek. Uh, during last year, um, you know, things like that. The power play, look, by the way, Mike, that crooked number that Neil Parker threw out last year, 39% in the first month of the season on the power play. 39%. Yeah,
1: and then they were, and then they were like 16% over the next five months or something like that. I wrote about that yep. this summer at Dabra Hockey, like writing about why I think Chris Kunis could be a little bit better. And that's why I think, you know, if, even if Crosby does play 78, 80 games and Kessel's healthy for the full 82, I think a lot of it, too, hinges on Chris Letang staying healthy. Because when he's healthy, he's, he's what, a top three puff mover in the NHL? Like, you know, only Carlson's probably clearly ahead of him. Um, they really need Latang because as much as I like Olimata. I don't know if LaTang goes down for two months or something. I don't know if Mata's ready to step in, you know, that number one role playing 24, 25 minutes a night um, at his age. Maybe he will be, and maybe he surprised me. I just don't see that yet. So I think a lot of this, um, you know, even if Crosby and Kessel stay healthy, a lot of it will hinge on LaTang staying healthy. Because if he's not, um, I think you can see the power play suffered again. Yeah. the, the uh, I'm going to
0: – I've got to do more research on this, but – There is definitely some correlation to this, and I call it basically the balance point theory, where for some reason with teams, the points, it's not that they balance out, they just balance out in increments for most teams. And the Penguins, if they stay healthy enough, will have a clear demarcation line. Uh, for, for each line within reason, except for the power play, obviously that's 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 where everything gets skewed. Because if you figure the Penguins are going to have a 24, 25 percent success rate on the power play, we think, uh, you know, then the numbers are going to get bumped up a little bit. But that's that's not the only thing that's going to happen. Look, you're going to see a whole bunch of Castle Crosby stacks again and again and again throughout that. October. Just don't do it when they play New Jersey, and you'll be fine. I don't know. Again, certain teams don't don't stack stack them against. Don't stack them in MSG against the Rangers, et cetera. Just little little bits of advice as, as the season starts. i said this and, and to people, I, and I. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, sorry, Waffle. I was just gonna say that. I know you. You this was about Sidney Crosby, but it also raises the upside potential for a guy like Phil Kessel who. Like my reference, he's he's really a top goal scorer in the NHL, and there's value in that. Uh, There's value in that in in DFS uh, as well, and in season long too. Um, But now that he's going to be in that power play, Sidney Crosby next to him, uh, it's hard not to see him, uh, you know, score a lot of goals this season.
1: I mean it's a concern I mean, and, and and you gotta think, I mean, come on. Kessel was scoring thirty to thirty five goals and putting up point per game seasons with fucking Tyler Bozak as his center. You would like have to think Bozak. you would have to think that going from Tyler Bozak to Sidney Crosby or if they switch the lines around of Getty Munkin will do will have a positive effect on his output, both in goals and points. Um you know, maybe Kessel, you know, he, Kessel could end up second in scoring in the league. He really could. He could have, like, a 40-45 a to 45 goal and, a you know, a 40-45 to 45 assist season pretty easily if that Pittsburgh top six stays healthy.
0: Here's the one flip side to this. Crosby does re- whichever winger you put w- with the two of them, Crosby does realize he's going to have to play more defensively, right? Because we all know Phil Kessel gets back as fast. <sighs> That's luck. Um, that that might be my only concern, but at this point, if you're if you're just going ball to the wall with this line, then let me know where you. I mean, if Sidney Crosby can keep the puck around fifty-seven to fifty-nine percent of the time, it's not going to matter as much. Um, in, in theory, Mark Andre Fleury is a better goalie than he was a few years ago. And last year against the Rangers, I think arguably he outplayed Heinrich Lundqvist or very close. It's just that he could not score, and almost in a way bizarre way, would not score. Um, so, in that sense, this may not be so bad, and it opens up a ton of like it does open up a ton of possibilities for for people. It's just you have to pick the right kind of stack early in the season. Because uh, there's, there's just going to be a ton of ridiculous plays early in the season. There just is. Um, there's certain teams that open up with just insanely easy schedules. And, and, you know, then there's the Rangers, which, you know, they open up with Cupcake Central a- a- almost all the time. And, you know, it's one of the reasons why the Rangers are one of the healthiest teams in the last six years. Because, one, they don't travel much. You know, they don't travel that far. Um, and two, they play a system that for some weird reason insulates them just enough. And you know, these are the type of things that we're going to be looking for daily more and more now because, well, October is like the feeling out month, unfortunately. <laughs> we all know how last October went, right, guys?
2: I think my I, if I want to remember correctly – I think Mike did pretty well in the first couple of months. But I think, as we always reference, you probably don't want to give a lot of – you probably don't want to emphasize too much the advanced analytics in the first couple of months, and you probably want to focus more on projections um, and stuff like that, at least for the first couple of months until things kind of normalize a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, you're bang on there about using the projections. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to I'd have to double check this, but I think it takes anywhere from uh, 22 to 25 games at the team level and a little bit at the individual level for the for the underlying stats, the advanced stats to kind of start normalizing and flattening out. And that's you know that that is pretty much the first two months of the season. So you're right, the first two months, you know October and November, you should be going off. Um, pretty, uh, you know, not strictly, but pretty much off of uh what your off season projections are. And then once December rolls around, then you can start digging into the numbers a little bit more. And you're right, I, I did I, I did it, at least in my cash games, I did fairly well. Um, October, November, and then December was just an absolute bloodbath. Uh, I like, I, I think like at one point I had it was either nine or ten consecutive days without cashing and it was extremely frustrating. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, at least the first, you know, seven, eight weeks of the season, um, DFS players should be going off by their off season projections or, you know, whoever's projections that they might be using because it does take some time for, for those to normalize. You know, it, it doesn't just take 10 or 12 games. You can take up to 25 games, which is, you know, almost a quarter or almost a third of the season. I, and I I go,
0: I go almost a hundred percent by projections in the first month, and one occasional random hunch a week. I swear, I keep it the one for a reason, because that way, if I'm wrong, it's only like being zero for one, as opposed to oh, I don't know. Um, yeah, we have to go there. Uh, I usually wait. I wait. Last year, I waited a little longer to start relying a little bit on the stats. Mike, I think I actually waited till just after Christmas. And then I just unload it. <laughs> I I think I hit a fan a one timer almost every week after that. It's like clockwork. I hit two, I hit Tuesday night like clockwork. And yeah, that's gonna lead to the other thing. Forsberg uh, point, folks, Yeah, who is this year's Philip Forsberg? It can't be Phillips Forsberg because it's not like we're naming this as a memorial award of sorts. Uh, we're naming this more as in honor of Philip Forsberg's amazing ability to get points on a Tuesday night during the season. Um, for the record, Forsberg averaged a, a point and a half through the first three months on Tuesday nights. It cooled off a little later in the season. You know, there was a couple of disallowed goals, and we got grumbly, and, you know, we're about to call Mike back on the archive, and, you know, and then the goal got disallowed, you know, that, that happened, you know, here and there, um, but who is that, you know, I guess younger player this year that we're just going to be like, really, it's him again, and again, and again.
1: For me, I'm just going out on a wild hunch here, and I think it's going to be because, you know, we saw teams go into their burn last year and struggle at times because it's only, it was almost seen like a game off, and I'm wondering if the psychology of the team is going to change going into this season. And that's Buffalo, and I think Evander Vander Kane might be that guy because you know this is a guy that has scored 30 goals before he takes a ton of shots, which is obviously very good uh, for your you know for your floor and daily. And I could see teams going into Buffalo and still not giving them much respect. And, you know, let's be real here. It's good. As much as Buffalo might improve, you know, their team could improve by 20% over what it was last year. And it would still be pretty garbage. So I think teams could roll into Buffalo and, you know, you'll see nights, you know, maybe Pittsburgh goes into Buffalo, Crosby only gets like 16 minutes or something like that. Um, And you can see the, I can see the first line, you know, the revamped first line kind of running wild, and uh, and thus Vander Kane having some good nights at home in Buffalo. So if I if I think one guy's going to, you know, obviously it's tough to predict on a Tuesday night, but if there's one guy, I think that it could do well at home, um, especially through the week where there is a lot of focus on the games. There's no national games or anything like that. I think it might be Vander Kane in Buffalo.
0: Now the reason why we go over something is. Seemingly of a lunatic nature like this is simply because what are your three busiest nights during the DFS season typically? Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Tuesday is the first busy night of the week, and that tends to be when you can catch some of the GPP experts napping a little bit and or even some of the cash guys, and you can sneak in and win some money. After all, that is the point of this. And, and guys, with the advent of Yahoo Daily Fantasy Hockey, which though it technically is not out yet, there are a few tidbits and sort of leaks that have surfaced. Um, it's going to feel a lot like an auction leak when when, when you look at the uh, when the salary scale. That's the first thing that's going to strike most people. It's like, wait, we only have two hundred dollars. What? Uh, h- how does this work? Uh, but it very much looks like the old auction structure of, of Yahoo leagues, where you, know, you
1: have—I
0: believe it's nine players, just like the others. Uh, the point structures are mostly similar. There's a few tweaks. Uh, I think one of them was shot on goal is like four tenths of a point or something like that. Um, you know, but most of the other numbers are generally the same. Um, you know, goaltending goaltending numbers are pretty normal. I I would highly recommend just searching Yahoo Daily Fantasy as it's closer to coming out for, for more for more information. Just because uh, I'm gonna have to report on it at some point guys and I'm scared. I'm very scared considering Yahoo's track record. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> just, I I, I had I have this feeling one night the following is going to happen. Somebody scores a goal, and a daily it will record it as five goals. <laughs> it's going to happen. It just is.
1: See, I, see, I'm not even paying attention to Yahoo Fantasy because for some reason they don't have it available in Canada. So I can't play Yahoo Daily Fantasy in Canada, which is incredibly annoying because I can see it as a huge platform for people, yeah. especially in especially in hockey where, you know, hockey – um, leagues are pretty much held on two sites. Most of them are on ESPN or Yahoo, and a lot of people for hockey at least prefer Yahoo. Um, and that could be, you know, something big for Yahoo to try to, you know, cu- to try and cultivate a decent sized audience for daily fantasy hockey. Um, unfortunately, I think a good portion of that o- audience would obviously be in Canada, and they don't have it available to uh, people living in Canada. So I don't know why that is. I'm sure Obviously, it's a legal issue of some
2: sort, um, but I can't play it so do that you know what it's probably a good time for me to to harp on this wasso now that you kind of mentioned the yahoo side and just the macro aspect of nhl dfs i think you guys heard me like kind of not be very happy with the sites last season because of the pricing issues on really a daily basis um there were times where guys were really just priced Way, way up on smaller slates, and their their prices would drop ridiculously low literally next day when there was a fuller slate. I think that um, you know for the n h l product, I just don't think that there's a lot of attention that is given uh for it from these sites, and it's probably because the n h l game is not as popular as the the big ones that are going on in the same time slot as the NHL, which obviously are the NFL, um, NBA, and I'd probably put college football up there now too because of the steam that it's gaining uh, in terms of the bigger price pools uh, and people are just going to be playing more now. So it seems like there's always kind of a short amount of time for people to tackle NHL DFS, and it's probably during NBA All-Star break um, that more people come in and play. And, and maybe the fact that there are live finals now for NHL will help will help it gain a little more traction. But just in general, I would love if there was more attention paid to the NHL product. Um, I know Draft, they did a very good job throughout the season with their pricing, so I can't really complain about them. But they were probably the only ones that really kept up with their product. Um, and I really believe that has a lot to do with the popularity of the hockey game.
1: Oh yeah. I don't doubt that either. I mean, think of, you know, DraftKings and FanDuel are obviously the top two. Remember last year, DraftKings, um, the the blue second line of Teresanko, uh, Schwartz and Latera was just absolutely on fire through the first two months of the season. And I don't think Latera hit 4K on DraftKings until December. And, uh, FanDuel obviously the running joke is Sean Monaghan <laughs> was thirty six hundred from the first day of the season right up until I'm pretty sure it was April. Yeah, <laughs> um, like yeah. it, it, yeah, was, it wasn't it. that they changed. It wasn't that they changed. It, you know, just after Christmas or or after the All Star break, it was like the last
2: three games of the season.
1: Right, right. And
2: and, and man, you, you probably fifty hundred dollar player. And I don't, I don't want to. Like I said, I want to, I want to be a little unbiased and understand the position that they're in, and maybe they're doing it to attract other players. We don't know the specifics of the situation, um, but what I do know, you know, from our side, we would love if, if the pro, if these products were given a little more attention, because with tighter pricing, it could become a little more fun instead of a pick and game situation.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm like um, the three sites that we talked about were DraftKings, FanDuel, and DraftA. I thought I'm with you. Obviously, I thought DraftA had the sharpest pricing for hockey. I thought they did an excellent job all season long. Um, I thought DraftKings had softer pricing on most of their players. Like, you'd have like some nights where there'd be like two or three players over. 7k you know it'd be like perry gets lap and crosby or or, you know perry gets lap crosby malton or something like that and then every other player would be under seven thousand dollars and that's obviously that's just not the way that it that it goes i think their their pricing was a little bit softer um like you talked about just for um client retention just for having players in the game you know having a chance against some of the sharps that are out there because you know there's a decent amount of the of the NHL NHL DFS base of guys that have been playing it for three or four years now. You know, there's there's guys over at Roto Grinders, there's guys over at, um, you know, there's a couple of Insiders DFS that I remember they all started when I did uh, during the lockout shortened season. So I think for them a lot of it was was, um, retention of new customers. And then I think Vandal was obvious. I I just think they let it slip through the cracks because there were some prices in there. Like, you know, Nick Letty was under four K pretty much all season. Like we said, Sean Monaghan never moved. Um Anton Stralman was like consistently like thirty six hundred to to four thousand and he probably had one of the highest floors of, of any defenseman or probably the highest floor of any defenseman in that price range all year. Um I think that they just kind of let it slip by. I think but I do think DraftKings was about retention and
2: obviously like you said draft the draft agents did a great job with their pricing all year. And, Mike, I just want to point out very quickly that I think you make a good point with the Sharks argument, the fact that there are um, some Sharks, I don't want to say a lot, but there are some dedicated uh, NHL Sharks from uh, different sites out there playing on different sites, and I think Sharks are very important. Regardless of the sport, I think Sharks are important because I think they're able to drive business a little more. And what I mean by that is, um generally speaking, uh these these tournaments that are multi entries, most sharks are entering in there and, and you know, putting in a ton of entries and honestly without that um I'm not sure sites are able to run uh, uh bigger structure uh tournaments. And so I think tournament uh sharks uh sorry have a lot of value. Um but for NHL I think that even if it's a couple of us playing it on a daily basis, I think there needs to be more, um, just in in general, there needs to be more people that play it before they can give it its proper attention. Uh, Probably like any other business, you want to go where the margins are are better and and best, and so if the NHL is not able to do that uh, for them, I I think that they're never going to be able to give it its proper attention. So while I think sharks are important and they certainly are important in NHL, because I think without them we probably don't have a an NHL product on these sites. I think that there needs to be more people playing it. The problem is there's way too many uh, N- uh, DFS boards going on at the same time.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you there because you know obviously anybody that follows DFS closely saw. It. Uh, DFS golf just absolutely Explode this summer I mean they're doing um makers over on DraftKings for, uh, for all the Majors <laughs> yep. and and uh, You know obviously that just doesn't Happen with hockey and I think that's just a function Of hockey is uh, Very much still a niche sport In North America I mean Fan base is growing they're having You know at least the TV audience is Somewhat stable um, But you know sports fan, you know, just somebody from Oklahoma or somebody from Alabama or Arkansas or, or, or wherever, um somewhere, you know, in the Midwest that's you know, not close to Minnesota or, or the Dakotas or whatever. Um, you know, they grow up, they know football, they know basketball, they know baseball, um, they know, you know, they at least know of NASCAR or have watched, you know, a few races. Everybody knows golf. They know what, you know, and you know, it's eighteen holes or car three, four, and fives, you know. Just about everybody that's a sports fan knows that, but not all sports fans know the ins and outs of hockey and know the rules of hockey. And I think that's, you know, kind of where the disconnect is there and why hockey hasn't seen that growth is because, sport, you know, the casual sports fans from the States, because, I mean, let's face it, a lot of the, most of the business comes from the U.S. Um, the casual sports fan in the States doesn't know hockey or at least the basics of hockey like they would the other sports, and that's why we haven't seen
2: that growth. And Wausau, please do not kill me, but I need to say something else because I think, and it goes back to Mike's point, because Mike, I, I'll tell you this, before the, the NHL DFS product can become a little more boom, before there could be a bigger boom in it, and I'm not not even sure that will ever happen, it might stay as a niche product, but I do have to say this. I know from the other sports, there are a lot of people that play DFS in those and, and the NFLs and the NBAs and MLBs. Um, and, you, and generally speaking, it's probably not even people that like the sport. Um, it could be people that know the sport and want to follow a couple games at night. And so they'll throw in, you know, some cash games and a little bit of tournament fun to drink a beer, have fun. And that's why DFS is, is changing uh, fantasy sports and And it's also changing your viewer experience when you watch a game because now you have an incentive there, and it makes it very fun. But I think the problem with NHL is that if we can't capture the people that watch hockey and religiously watch it and love it, if we can't get those people to play NHL DFS, we are in trouble. Because in the other sports, there are a lot of people that play it and they don't even know the sport, but it's just fun. And they want to get a beer going, like I said, and have some sort of incentives. But in NHL, not even a lot of people watch it. Probably most of them are up north. From my personal experience, I come from Puerto Rico, which is an island off of the U.S., and they don't even show hockey there. And that's probably okay. It is an island. But from, a personal, from my personal perspective, I know that it is a northern game, and if it doesn't gain more steam on other states up here, uh, down here in the South, it's going to be pr- uh, troublesome for NHL DFS because we need to capture the people that already watch it. If we can't do that, it might lead to troubles.
0: Yeah, it's going to. I mean, yeah, you know, something something that we've talked about for co- for quite a while, and yeah, you know, there's some hope. I mean, look, Tampa Bay finally, you know. Is starting to show some inroads, and I think their their season tickets went up by something like thirty five hundred uh, over last year. They had, they had thirteen thousand five hundred season tickets sold uh, for for this year already, and probably be you know, probably as we're talking, there's a few more people buy buying them up as well.
2: Um, and the Panthers are of, improving too, and and they need to gain a little more more steam down here. I mean, that's a team that we we kinda of like last season and yet they don't even fill their stadium, which probably is the case for a lot of teams down here. Unless you're Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Tampa Bay's really
0: really benefited from built you can't even say it was rebuilding. It was more like they retooled on the fly. Um you know the two thousand eleven should have been Stanley Cup finalist. Um somebody's you know, with a water bottle that might have been suspended, but wasn't. Um, but they've they've had an immense boost, I and mean, you could see it. The promotion is there, the marketing's there, the, fan, the fans are going. You know, they have the they have the nice luxury where there's a lot of snowbirds that come down in the winter. You know, and they have enough fans that they can they can keep you know keep the building pretty much sold out. Florida's getting there. Let's put it that way. And Florida had to build slow because of just how ba- how poorly they had been run, and they were look they were they were on the verge of moving to Quebec so many times I lost count. And for all you know, maybe they still move to Quebec. I, I don't know, but at least they're on the right track. They have a goalie that's still able to perform at a pretty high level in Molongo, and they have a lot of young players. And they finally got rid of Scotty Upshaw, which you know ha- had to happen at some point. Um, oh, oh yeah, and D- Dylan Olsen will not be fifty seven hundred dollars on FanDuel this year, <laughs> like he was in October. <laughs> even though he, even though he was in the AHL most of the season, mind you, uh, on and off. But no, you're right, guys. They have to build a little a little faster um, down down in the uh, the Sun Belt. There's there's no question. Carolina has to get better. Caroline's another 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 type of market where they just look uncertain ownership situation now. I don't I don't know if you guys read it over the summer, but Car- Carmanos has the team up for sale. Basically, has had it up, up for sale for almost a year now, and has had no buyers because he still wants control of the team from from a sort of you know day to day weird standpoint that I can't explain. Um, and nobody's going to bite on this until he relinquishes that in some way. Um, you have a team there that still wants to hold on to Cam Ward, and I I just will never understand why. I know Carolina media and fans have explained this to me, and it's, still, it's just not going to happen. Um, but you have a team that could be something. They showed flashes of it last year, and yet – not score. I mean, it just could not score, in the, particularly in the third period periods of games. And you, you look at these markets, and it's almost like a pattern. And then you look at the Dallas Stars, folks. <laughs> it's like happy days of hockey, guys. It's, it's 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 almost like the early '90s are back again, which for for me was a very joyous time. Um, but. We talked about this, I think, yesterday on Twitter, Mike. So we'll, we'll let Chris in. Uh, we, we, sing, we, we sang the praises of one John Klingberg many, many times over. Um, he's the one fantasy defenseman that Mike, – Mike, he was what going in the, at least outside the 10th round in most Yahoo leagues?
1: Yeah, I did uh... – I did five fantasy tra- or at least mock drafts yesterday, and he was going anywhere between 72nd and 132nd, which is the end of the sixth round um, to the end of the 13th round. And that is a massive spread uh, when you consider, you know, uh, just doing a a, 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 pub- a public Yahoo league or just a, a fun league with friends. At, you know, it's still early. Training camp isn't three weeks. Um, so that ADP will kind of flatten out a little bit. But he had a wild, wild ADP, and 72nd was the highest I saw him go, and he only went inside the top 100 another time, and it was like 94th or something. So most of the time it was outside the top 100. I think that 72nd was an anomaly, and somebody just reaching for a guy that they didn't want to let go by. Yeah,
0: I, I had seen him in three three mocks yesterday, and he went – he went no lower than you know, it basically was a hundred a hundred and eighth, hundred and fourteenth, and a hundred and twenty. So you know, and, and these were these were quote unquote expert leagues, so I'm not too surprised. Um we are do, we are doing a sort of fun D F S season long league. Um I I have, I have basically had the shell of the league set up on Yahoo. I'm just too lazy to invite people. No, I'm not lazy to invite people. I just haven't had time. <laughs> busy, I'm ridiculously busy already. Um, but all kidding aside, we're at least going to have some fun and, and, and entertain it. But getting back to Klingberg, you know, people, for, I think, just forget briefly that the guy, the kid had forty eight points last year mm-hmm. and could have been better. Right. Mm-hmm. He could have been better. I mean, you know, he's got a shot that he just didn't use enough last year. Sounds Sounds, sounds really familiar in the league a lot these days. And um, mm-hmm. kind of an argument that's going to be used against Anze Kopitar a ton when contract time rolls around if, if the trend continues. Um, but I, th- I think uh, Klingberg had, what, a hair less than 100 shots. I think it was like 98 or something or in, in that range. Uh, in I believe it was 64 or 65 games. Mm-hmm. You'd expect a few more from him. You really would. I mean, I've seen this guy shooting... I've seen the guy shooting warm-ups when they were in New Jersey, and I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> like, duck? <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, kind and, of how
2: he has. And, just, mm-hmm. and, and you know what, uh, Wassel? Uh, I, I believe that in NHL probably DFS season long, whichever whichever it is that you play, generally speaking defense is not as deep as the other skilled positions. There really aren't that many guys that can give you forty plus points at that D position. So any guy that can really do that and can go on later rounds and has a has a pretty uh, cheap price point on DFS, which Klingsberg did for most of the season last year. Uh, he's going to draw some attention, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm interested. I'm, in- I'm interested to see where they price him because you're right. If he plays 80 games last year, he gets mm-hmm. close to 50 points. And there, were, there was what, maybe like 10 defensemen that did that, or 12 Ten. defensemen that did that, or something Ten like that. 12. Yeah, and uh, considering he'll be uh, – like I can't see him not being the quarterback on the power play on that top power play unit um, with Ben Svegan, and then whoever they put with him, probably Patrick Sharp. Patrick um, Sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't imagine um, not using him early, depending where it's price – because his price, I can't imagine it's going to be overly exorbitant. Maybe they adjust it um, – based on expectations for how much um, Dallas can score. Um, but really, is it going to be that, you know, much above 5K or something on DraftKings? But yeah, I don't see it at least out of the gate. So um, he could be a guy that um, you'll want to get to early in the season um, before the, the salaries really do adjust on him because, um, you know, if he comes out and does what he does, you know, maybe he he could come out of the gate and have 10 points in the first 10 games of the season or something like that. And then all of a sudden, his price um, on DraftKings shoots up to like 6,500 or or 7K or something like that. I I can definitely see him at least starting the season somewhere around 5,000. I think if you're going to use Klingberg, you're going to want to do it at the start of the year um, before the season wears on. Because I do think he's one of those maybe 12 to 15 defensemen and has a reasonable chance to crack 50 points this year and you'll want to get in on him before his price goes up as the season goes on.
2: And Mike, while you're on the topic of, of Dallas, I know that you that you mentioned that they were one of your favorite bets uh in uh, coming into this NHL season because their price is pretty nice. Uh their prices are pretty nice on the on the um betting sites. Uh but I did want to mention that Patrick Sharp I'd I'd say, I don't want to guarantee anything, but I'd say there's a reasonable chance that he's able to kind of get that success he had in previous seasons. I know last season there was a drop-off there in terms of production, but I think that that had at least something to do with the fact he wasn't really playing much with Patrick Kane anymore, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong there, but I, I believe that that's that that was working against him last season, and if he's able to play in the second line or or even with Sagan uh, and and Ben this season, I think that there's a reasonable shot that he could get back to those previous levels of production instead of the season that he put up last year. Yeah. Yeah. Big
1: Oh, no, I was just going to say you're right. He only spent um, about a quarter of the season, a little bit over like 30% of the season playing with Patrick Kane. He did play quite a bit of the year um, on the third line as they're trying to spread out that scoring. And mm-hmm. another thing that hurt Sharp last year was he had a big drop in ice time. Um, mm-hmm. Typically with Chicago, um, he had played somewhere around 19 minutes a game and last year dropped below 17. Um If he's on the second line in in Dallas, I could definitely see him playing, you know, including power play time, uh, somewhere between 18 and 19 minutes a night. And I think it might surprise people that he actually took more shots per 60 minutes at at even strength last year than he did the year before. So you see the dip in in his shots. He had over 300 shots the year before and just 230 last year. Um, A lot of that was related to uh, the drop in ice time. I think his ice time goes back up. Um, in Dallas, I think he's you know he's getting up there. He's 30. He's going in his age 34 season, but I still think he has one year left in him, and he's going to be drawing a lot of secondary coverage because obviously you know Los Angeles is going to send out Coker against the Sagan line. Um, the Sharks are going to be sending out the Joe Thornton line. Vancouver is going to be sending out the Sabine line. Um, you know Nashville is going to be sending out the Rivera line, et cetera, et cetera. The Sagan line is going to draw all the top coverage and top defense in and I think that could allow Sagan and, and Sharp to have a real nice season on the second line. Yeah,
0: One, one of the bigger numbers That's for Sharp, Sharp last start. year, guys,
1: the, the the big number.
0: There was about a 40-game stretch where he had a PDO that was actually below 96. Mm-hmm. And it's just – you don't see that with a guy, uh, you know, of Sharp's talent. I mean, he could not score. I mean – I can I can remember just watching almost it's, it was almost painful uh, mm-hmm. when he had that he had that night bull when he finally scored there was no, there was no relief it was it was it was more or less just like whew. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not going to happen mm-hmm. this year and I, and I think people don't don't quite you know realize this fully yet I mean there was a point last year where Patrick. Sh- Patrick Sharp in daily leagues was in the low 4k range. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I never thought that would happen. Um, You know, and then draft day, he was really low. There was was one night I scooped him up and he actually had
1: two goals and I'm like,
0: wow. Wow. (laughs) It's <laughs> like ah, I actually, I actually won because of Patrick Sharp. It was, it was just one yeah, of the I, I, I can
1: remember, I can remember Knight Sharp um, being right around the seven thousand dollar mark on draft day. And for people that really don't allowed. regularly play on, for people that don't regularly play on draft day, that would translate to you know somewhere in the low to mid three thousand range on drafting, yep. which is just insanely cheap considering um, his talent level. And that, and you're right, it was a lot of it was PDO driven. He had the lowest PDO. Um, of his career last year. And you got to think that rebounds a little bit going into a situation where he's not playing on the third line in Chicago with Andrew Shaw or, or whoever he's going to be playing on the second line at least in Dallas
2: with uh, Jason Bessa. And you know what? Age-related probably would tell you that there is some expected drop-off. Uh, from the reading that, I, that I've uh, had over the last couple of seasons when, when I've uh, been able to, to get uh, read up on the advanced analytics stuff. I think there is a, a, an expectation there for there to be a drop-off uh, for wingers as the age continues to climb over 30 and stuff like that. But there are exceptions, and the, and and he is certainly going to be one of them because of his talent. And I don't think that the drop-off has to be that um, significant, or, or should it have been a significant last season, but like you guys have said, there's a, there's a good chance if he doesn't rebound all the way relative to his age, he's still going to be better than last season.
0: Yep. Yeah, there's an interesting
2: analytics done by uh,
0: Dominic Gallimini, who does, does some unbelievable work over at, uh, you know, his hero charts are obviously just something of, you know, just – simple yet fine reading but he he did he did and and a, a couple other stats guys did a sort of expectations to to the mean as far as a actual skate forwards prime and they they're working on one for defensemen i presume um interesting enough between the ages of 23 and 25 is typically the ages where most forwards will perform above above their expectations mm-hmm. makes sense you're not expecting mm-hmm. it to happen. It happens. Twenty six to twenty eight, they start to the level off. That quote unquote is their prime ages, of course. Which you know, there's little spikes in there, but you get the idea. And then between twenty nine and thirty one, there's a there's a decline. Sometimes it's slight, and sometimes it's very clear and marked and yet dramatic. Interestingly enough, there's a couple little spikes around thirty two and between thirty four and thirty five. And then, obviously, after 35, it starts to go down almost steadily. Well, Mm Patrick Sharp mm -hmm. is heading towards the age of 35.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: We're not saying, Mm -hmm. but we are saying.
2: (laughs) And a lot of that is context-related, right? I mean, the context matters for these guys. If he was in Buffalo last season, uh, in in that team last season, he's, he's probably being a void this season altogether. The context
0: does matter. Yeah, You're 100% right, Chris.
2: I mean, folks,
0: like like you said, this is why the analytics still gets sneaked in there somewhere at, at some point. It's not the be end and end all. It's, just to give you, it's actually to give you an ID to help you on your projections at this point. And then at some point, the analytics starts to take over a little bit as you get into, you know, Thanksgiving and, and, and Christmas. And that's what we want people to keep keep in mind always. Um, there's sure. about 90 seconds left in the uh, live portion of the show. We'll have a few minutes archiving and then we're getting out of here because I've been told I have more work to do and have to wake up, guys, tomorrow. I have to be a normal working person tomorrow and wake up early again. That's, I don't know what this is like, so... Um, it, it it could be many many instances of the alarm clock being thrown across the room or worse so i'm i'm ready for it but i can't wait um it, it's it's fun it's fun for me it, it's going to be a lot of fun write, you know writing for all the sites this year um, send coffee and donations of caffeine to uh new jersey I'm going to need it. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I, I absolutely cannot wait for the season. Oh, and for the 25% lower price for NHL Game Center and Center Eyes, that kind of helps for Comcast customers. we, we got something that last. So, ladies and gents, just a few seconds left until next week. For Mr. Clifford, Mr. Pacheco, and myself. We will see you once again on Fantasy Hockey X. Until then, good night. I really should legally have this time so good that it's scary, but, yeah, I'm not going to be sad about leaving Blog Talk
2: at all. We had some rough times with it last season, so (sighs) I can certainly understand... Uh, the frustrations with it.
0: I I had it Sunday. I'm doing, I'm doing a thing over on, um, on hockey talk radio. And actually I was on tonight earlier on Yahoo sports radio um, with uh, Paul and the guys from hockey this week. And, you know, they asked me about, you know, what's the worst platform you've ever been on? And it's just like, well, to be honest, it, it was here um, you know even when we did like shows recorded off of Skype it sounded better and the like I, like i had said to many people the only time it sounded good from my end was when they had this hi-fi service on talk. and it actually worked it's just i think they never they never mass tested it they just threw it out there as a beta because they figured oh well, you, know, so, you know we got to keep we got to keep people somehow And it worked great for when you had low amounts of bandwidth, but when you tried to jam it in as football season was coming in, they had to know something was going to happen. And, you know, I I, I talked to a few people, and they said the same thing. My show got completely sunk, and I'm like, how bad? They're like, we couldn't get on all night. And it's like, okay, that's that's the sign. Um, And then Sunday night when I went to do my regular show, guys, I got disconnected before the show even started. That's what I knew was gonna, going to be bad. <laughs> uh, fortunately, the the intro I played was two two minutes and fifteen seconds long, so I was able to get back on as it was ending. And I did, almost did it purposely because I had a feeling that it was starting to he- you know sort of hesitate like a like a seventy one pinto. Um, but then it happened again, and then it happened again and then it happened to, even with Skype a couple times and finally for some inexplicable reason the last 20 minutes of the show was perfectly smooth when i when i had my co-host on and we couldn't figure out why at all it was just it made no sense and that that was it it's just like okay done I, i'll go anywhere else i'll just i'll just run it on Skype i don't care if it's free i can promote it better anyway um, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not doing this for the money. Um, I'm doing it because I, I love fantasy hockey. And yes, I, I won't lie, it helps in other ways. I mean, to be honest with you guys, and you guys know this well, one of the main reasons why I got the job at DraftKings last year was from Fantasy Hockey X. It's just a matter of fact, it was exposure. Uh, I'll be forever grateful for that because basically they want me to do everything there now, <laughs> which means no sleep. But that's okay, um, and that's the, you know the kind of thing we're talking about here. It's, this isn't this isn't being done for the money. This is being done for fun to give give daily fantasy players and even fantasy hockey players a different perspective that they're not getting anywhere on radio, and they're not. They're not getting it on serious. I'm sorry. The few you know, the, the few appearances I do, basically they're rapid fire, you know your questions, you know what's coming, and that's it. It's just yeah, know, it's and just
2: I, a matter it's
0: the nature of the beast.
2: And I think that exposure is obviously always good. It could land you a job, it could help uh others have success in DFS. It really is whatever you make it be. Um so I, I know that exposure is great. And I, what I hope, I mean, I, I've only been doing this with you guys for one season, and I i began writing DFS NHL towards the end of the season when I got the okay to do it. But I'm hoping that this sort of exposure really helps DFS owners and even season-long owners because I know that hockey needs the exposure very badly. So in any way that we can push the game, uh, number one, it's just going to be, uh, great. At least that's, at least that's what I think.
0: It can't hurt at this point. Um, I'm looking forward, forward to the season. The, the weird and interesting part guys, is as you know, I have double season tickets. I know the first thing is why, but I do, um, the, the you know the fiance wants to be happy and, and such and God 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 help me when I get married uh, the alcohol, I I literally had to go and get a five hour open bar so I, I knew what, I know what I'm in for at least um, getting married on the water so that that helps um, but I can't do any of this at all. With with a without you guys and B, you know, without you know all the you know bevy of hockey sites that have come out that, for a lack of a better term, have pushed the hockey bar higher and higher each year. Um, You know, there's obviously the ones that we all know that are just hack sites that are for click. I even wrote for a few of them, and that's why I got out. Um, But it's. It's amazing. Every year, I see all, all all these. I see all these writers, and it's like, holy crap! It's like, it just gets better, um, mm-hmm. you know. And obviously, you know, Mike, you see it in baseball, and Chris, you see it in more sports than I ever do. Um, yeah, Because yeah. my 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 head my head is somewhere buried in a hockey sand cloud, <laughs> even, in the, even in the summer. Okay, yeah. My confession is. We went. I went up to Vermont in August. I ended up. At, I somehow ended up in Montreal. Oops, um, kind of. So <laughs> I, t- I took a wrong turn. Ended up on Route 225 in Decay- <laughs> and the rest is history. Um, but I-, I enjoy it thoroughly. I am going to try and talked to Patrick May- Mayo about this, and we've joked about it. He's like you're almost the perfect schmuck for DSF, DFS golf, and I may I may actually consider it next year as I had fun. A couple times I entered, I won. And I I I can see where people where people are coming from that that the DFS DFS golf product is a, just an immense amount of fun. It's it's not hard to figure out why either. You just never know. There's it's such a crapshoot, and. Uh, as you know, he said, just because you get all all your guys say, you know, making the cut, it doesn't mean you're going to win either, You know, finishing the money either, because he he you know, he's had it where he said basically he had five out of six guys in one week, and he won a GPP, and the next week he had all six guys in and he finished out of the money. So, does the NHL need to do something like that? No, we just need to cultivate what we have get them into the product and then retain them. First, before it, we do anything it, else,
2: it definitely needs to be an an inside than an outside type of job. Like I said, we yep. we need to incorporate more people that are that love the hockey game. There are people out there, especially in the northern side of the US and definitely in Canada. We we need to get those people to play DFS and love it first then we can worry about the more macro structure of getting more people involved before any of that happens. More NHL people need to start playing it. Uh, They have to mention it more on the NHL broadcast. It just needs to start being something that people know as a common thing. I think in the NFL, it really is starting to become that. Uh, And the NBA, it's, really is like it's important. The the DFS side for the NBA product is important. It keeps the, the product relevant through what most people think is an irrelevant regular season. And so this is what happens with these sports. Now it's becoming it's becoming an ingrained part of the of the product. It needs to happen with NHL too. Yeah uh, and yeah, that's, that's, like.
0: that's, no, to that's that's why Mike I know I that's feel the, awful.
2: That,
1: that canon. I really did. I'm well, surprised. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it sucks for Yahoo, but you're right. Like, it, it has to become, when you say it has to become part of the product, you're 100%. Like, you, you watch, you know, baseball tonight, um they have Derek Cardi right on the set with them, and he's doing, you know, he's giving out tips and stuff like that, you know, live um on the espn set. um You know, when you're watching basketball, they always, there's always, Um, shout-outs to DraftKings and stuff like that, and when you're watching football, obviously, you know, for the love of God, the the new 49er stadium has a Yahoo fantasy lounge in the stadium. Mm
2: -hmm. It's like,
1: you're right, fantasy is um, a part of, you know, consuming the game now, and hockey's just so far behind that. Not, you know, I'm up here in Canada, but I watch all the broadcasts, you know, I watch NHL on NBC and, and NBCSN, and and, you know, between Sportsman Canada and TSN and NBC and anyone that carries hockey, there's just never a mention of it. And obviously a, a function of that is the smaller crowd um, for uh, fantasy hockey and DFS hockey. Um, but I feel like that at the, the people that play fantasy hockey still a large part of the overall hockey crowd. And I'm surprised it's not. I was actually talking offline with Neil Parker about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm surprised there's not more inroads being made for fantasy in general, DFS specifically, um, on national broadcasts of, of NHL games, on regional broadcasts of NHL games. You know, all that you ever see is the DraftKings logo on the boards, and that's yep. pretty much it. Um, they're definitely – they're just if – you're right, it has to become more a part of the consumption of the game Um, Like it is with the other sports, it's just never going to grow. Yeah, I
2: want to give you. It's painful. I I was just, I was just going to say, I want to give you two roadblocks that I think they have real roadblocks moving forward. The NHL product, I think number one is the fact that they are even behind on the analytical side, and you know, people probably will scoff at that and say, "Well, who the hell cares, anyway?" Right? Well. Not so, if you look at other broadcasts, especially m l b and even n b a they they are caught up on the on and on the analytical side. If you don't think that matters, just look at their numbers. It really really does, especially for fantasy purposes and then number two, if they are not able to integrate the fantasy side, especially the d f s side into their broadcast. I think NHL will always be considered a niche product. I think what happens is they already have a big roadblock in terms of their time slot. During the season, they have to compete with NBA and NFL. That already puts you behind. And then you don't have any fantasy uh, consumption on your shows, and fantasy isn't even very relevant for your product. I think those things can really, really, really hinder the product for years to come, and they always seem to be behind on everything. That's not really what you want your product to be in the end. Yeah. And there has to be ways to
0: get around it as well. And that's that's where the problem is with with places like Sirius. They just – it's like, okay, baseball, sure. Football,
2: Mm -hmm. sure. Even basketball, sure. Golf. This mm-hmm. year, yeah, Hockey? Chris, because they react, they react to the consumption. They react to oh, the I demand. Know. If there is no demand, there's no skin for them in the game. The same thing happens with these daily fantasy sites. They're going to promote the games, and they they have the NHL games available there for you. But they're going to cap yeah. those tournaments. They're going to cap those fifty-fifties. Why? Because there's no consumption. No consumption. Yep. No demand. Equals no margin for them.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's one hundred percent true. I mean, it's it, it's almost feel like I'm having the same fight I do in some fantasy hockey circles, where it's like, oh, we're just gonna have to go at it ourselves and and, and, and almost grow it ourselves. Um, because I know I noticed, I noticed last year DraftKings had a definite, although it was modest, there was a modest spike. In, in NHL play, and as the guys joked, it's like it's probably because of some schmucks like you, who just kept, for the lack of a better term, just jamming it down people's throats, and showing people that yeah, th- th- this could work. But the problem is, there's so many roadblocks to get there. We just have to keep we have to keep on pushing. Um, there's no other way around it. You know, it's either push or be pushed out.
2: And, and it's leaning the, the ladder, Chris. I, I do I believe it's it's leaning the ladder. Every time I, I, I watch a game, I almost want to put it on mute. I don't even want to listen to the commentators. And the same happens in other sports, too. I don't want to keep nagging on the NHL, right. but they really are behind the ball in so many ways. And they need to get caught up quickly. The product is really going to lag behind forever
0: yeah this is a, this is an extremely crucial time I, I i just i just don't think the nhl realizes it
2: i really that's don't sad. that's that's really sad it is a very great game i've only been watching it for about 10 years which is the time i've been in the us and i've loved it and i'm going to continue to love it but unfortunately it seems like there's too there's too few of us that really do love yep. it and if it doesn't improve for DFS pur- for DFS purposes, it's not gonna be a good thing.
0: As as somebody told me, it's basically you've got you've got five years and that's it. Mm-hmm. If there, there there is not a noticeable growth, mm-hmm. it's just it's just gonna fade it's gonna completely fade. It'll be almost gone. And,
2: and it's not it like should... there aren't things to talk about. There are plenty of things to talk about in hockey. There are plenty. Oh, my goodness, are there plenty of advanced statistics that I wish I'd give more of my time to. Unfortunately, we're at a point right now where we can't even really run our own product because people don't even really want it. There's really no demand. So unless that really changes, it's going to be the same for a lot of, a lot of content provider sites. We need the demand before we can create any sort of product. At least a reliable one, but there are plenty of things to talk about. That's not going to be the issue,
0: right? It just have to be actually integrated and get people to believe in it.
2: Even on oh. forum, even on forum things. Like I know on our on our side over at Daily Roto, I was really the only one that was consistently trying to make something happen on the forums on the NHL side. Which really speaks it. about the the consumer consumption, really not a whole lot of demand there either, which is kind of sad too. I'd love to talk more hockey over on our site, but unfortunately, it doesn't seem like the demand meets my expectation.
1: Hmm.
0: You're right though. I think there is a way to go about this, and it's it's the old. Fa- it's almost like an old fashioned uh, old fashioned gorilla method. Take a budget, take a bunch of DFS and fantasy hockey writers, and just invade sites on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. It can't hurt at this point, you know. It, even if it boosts, you know, say from ten people reading in a given night to twenty, it's something. It, it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. At this point, you need all the baby steps you can get because mm-hmm. for some, mm-hmm. for some of us, this is almost our livelihoods. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. be honest, and mm-hmm. I, I do not feel like giving that up. I really don't. I I, can, I cannot complain at all. The the money I make is is gotten better each you know the last few years, and it's to the point where now, yeah, I can go and I can I can do things. I can get I can get married, and, and God forbid, you know, have a job that I actually enjoy doing. I'd like to keep it that way. It'd be
2: be nice. And DFS, Chris, is only going to continue to grow. And and I believe that it's going to grow exponentially as there is more national exposure to this sort of game. You want to grow parallel with that. You do not want to grow in a way that's going to hinder that in in, in any way. But if you don't have any sort of, of integration in your game, then it's not going to be friendly. You're not going to be able to apply it to it. You don't want that from a, from a product perspective.
0: Right. Yeah, hundred percent right, Chris. You you know it better than than me, that's for sure. Yeah, you because know, you're you know you're writing multiple sports. And it, it does make a difference. Eh, I can I can dream. Hopefully, hopefully somebody. Somebody figures this out because I I could tell you right now the big, the the other roadblock with some of the local channels, at least around here. For example, MSG Rangers controlled. You'll never see analytics other than maybe Stephen Balaket talking about it on Hockey Night Live in in this area. It's the only guy that actively talks about it here. Um, Mm -hmm. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to expect Kenny Danico to say, no, <laughs> you know, it's just not going to happen. Uh, the Islanders, you know, look, they're moving to the building with the crooked scoreboard. I'm, I'm not expecting much there. Um, you know, Howie Rose is not exactly the most analytic savvy guy, and we know that from baseball. So <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, MSG kind of, it's weird here because you have three local teams, and then technically a fourth if you include Buffalo. Buffalo includes it a little bit more in their broadcast, and that's where the integration has to come in. It has to seep in, yeah, it's great that all these statistics guys are getting hired by n h l teams,, mm-hmm. but it's still not it's still not translating into an integration of the product at all. if anything, it's gone backwards
2: and i and I tell you what Chris, I think a a big disconnect that I really hate. I, this really gets under my skin because it's just not understanding where we are here in 2015. When when sports and, and teams, or, or I should say leagues, I should put it on a more macro side, when teams and, and leagues aren't able to to understand, yeah, fantasy is really driving our product, I think that's just stupid. I'm going to give you a very good example. The NFL product right now really is at an all-time high. And I don't really remember there being so many legal issues. Um, Ray Rice, the Ray Rice situation, um, on a lower scale, whichever way you want to call it, the Tom Brady thing. There's just been a lot of legal stuff happening in the NFL, which has gotten a lot of heat towards Roger Goodell, the commissioner. And I think a lot of that is dis- is deserved. But at least they understand that fantasy is really driving their product at this point. I mean, if you really think about it, a big reason why people wake up Sunday mornings, go make bets, go play DFS, they draft in season-long leagues, is because they want to have some sort of incentive while watching the games. And Sundays, generally speaking, is an off day for people that work you know the eight spies and the forty hour weeks uh, the forty hour uh work weeks your Sundays are going to be off so yeah NFL is, is is very popular because of that at least they understand that even though they have legal issues when you go to the way lower spectrum of the of the n h l it doesn't even seem like they really grasp that when you have that sort of disconnect, that is dangerous. you need to integrate the advanced analytics. You can't be behind that stuff anymore. You also need to understand that fantasy is a big, is a big, big, big way of marketing your product and getting people involved. You can't do those things. It's just not going to be a, a good end result for you.
1: No, it's.
0: <sighs> you, you have to hope. You, you just have to. Um... There, there's there's no other words for it. You almost just have to sit there and hope one or two things. I joke that I hope there's a day that just Gary Benton, you know, don't want to wish anything bad upon a person um, somehow magically cannot be the commissioner of the NHL anymore. And they, they bring in somebody who
1: understands this
2: or anybody. And I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, and I know Mike would as well. Yep.
1: I'm going to save my Gary Bettman anger for a podcast later in the season. It's too early in the season for this shit.
2: (laughs) I was waiting for that. But you know what, what, Mike? I know that you would would at least be honest and say that DFS has given you more exposure and it has allowed you to perhaps even have more uh, working opportunities in the industry. Am I wrong on that? Oh no, I would I would definitely say that if it wasn't for uh, writing D-
1: DFS hockey, I, th- there's not a chance I'd have the career I have now. I mean, I probably I definitely wouldn't be writing at RotoWire. I pro- I wouldn't you know I'd just be doing articles. I wouldn't have cheat sheets at, at Project Roto. Um, I probably wouldn't have been hired by Sportsnet last year um, for mm-hmm. the season. Um, you know, I was doing anywhere from one to two DFS articles a week for them. Um, mm-hmm you know, absolutely. I, I wouldn't have a career. It's just, like you said, it, and Gary Bettman just doesn't see it. Don't forget, this is a guy who very recent memory it was like three or four months ago. We called fantasy um compared to sports gambling. He called fantasy um monopoly compared to real estate, which, you know, he has to compare some of the money put out to, to gambling in the United States, still just a small fraction. But I think, um, what he's missing is the where the market is right now and the growth potential in that market he just doesn 't see it at all and it, it's a shame for the n h l as a whole because you're right it is a way to attract you know new fans and it's a way to keep um the fans around you know once the once the calendar rolls over to march and you've already watched sixty five to seventy regular season games and there's only really you know one or two playoff spots at the most left at the bottom of each conference. There really isn't a whole lot to watch for. I mean, you know, does a at St. Louis Chicago game to see which team gets 200 points first? You know, it doesn't really matter. You know, somebody living in 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 St. Petersburg or or Raleigh or Raleigh or um, you know even up here at Halifax or Moncton or something. Are they going to care about that game? No, probably not. But if you know if they have 10 or 20 bucks out playing DFS and absolutely they're going to watch that game. And Bettman just doesn't see that yet. Um, Hopefully he does eventually. Um, But you're right. I think, I I, I just don't see it from him. I think they have to bring in somebody new um, who does see that side of the business because it's just a blind spot for him right now. And
2: And that's giving you more exposure as it is, Mike, with just the introduction of NHL DFS. It's giving you more opportunities around the industry, and I know that uh, for you, Wassel, it has also been the same. It, it really it, it it opens up so many doors of opportunities that it's it's really great. The problem becomes that those could be capped because of the fact that there's someone that doesn't really understand that, and I can tell you from previous experiences in other sports like the NBA, they were able to make that change in the correct time they changed commissioners and they and they put someone out there that was able to understand some of these things look it doesn't have to be the smartest person it doesn't have to be someone that has all the requirements but it can be someone that's that understands finances and marketing and understands the potential of of dfs uh, i'm not going to even mention season long because I, I do think that at some point that's going to be on the downside but I, I do believe that expecting no legal issues from DSS, which I, I don't believe there will be, uh, I think that you need to grow parallel to that, like I said earlier. And that could even grow more opportunities for other people like us. I think that's important. I think that's very important at the NHL level.
0: It's actually how I'm introduced on a lot of shows now.
2: Go Go figure. Yeah, yeah, I'm.
0: Not, I'm. Not, I'm not. I'm not the devil's beat writer. I'm not the such and such guy. I'm not the fantasy. High. No,
2: DFS. Mm-hmm. Literally, and it's I'm, not an. It's and, not an accident. And you mentioned earlier, Waffle, that a lot of these analytical guys are getting hired on teams. Great for them, right? I, I really do think that that it's great. They've worked very hard at their craft, and now they're able to be employed by NHL teams. Awesome. Um, problem is they were running very good sites that could have been potentially very useful for NHL DFS, and now those are gone. And as you continue to do that and you take away sites and you continue to do that, I don't think that's very good for the game either. What it does is it's able to, to get teams rolling on the advanced analytical side. I'm not sure there's any other purpose other than that, though.
0: Yeah, it has to be integrated. It,
2: it just has to. It, it, they
0: what what they rolled out early last year, you know early was it early 2015 when they rolled out the first wave of quote unquote uh, advanced apps. <laughs> you just knew it's like okay, you guys have to do a little bit better job of this. And I think they realized that finally. But it's just now. It's how long does it take before they catch up? And by then, the other sports will be another say, the equivalent of a generation ahead. There's there's just a ridiculous amount of never-ending work that has to be done mm-hmm. for this to work. And it's almost up to the experts. It really is. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, this has been a lot of fun. Um, we, we could literally sit here and talk hours about this, but I'm going to run out of... Um, Sustenance um soon unfortunately, and you know, I do need to wake up tomorrow, I think some ungodly five thirty a m hour um, unfortunately, so until next week, guys, and yes, Mike gets to enjoy that going 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 or are gone, walk off homer
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: must be nice to ha must be nice to have a you know manager that's somewhat competent um a, a kill for that, uh, folks. We will see you next week on Fantasy Hockey X once again, where we will. Si- <laughs> we may just have to have a special part of the show, folks, where we say goodbye bye to Block Talk Radio in our own way. <laughs> we just may come to that, um, but there's one only one thing I have to say, and uh, it's, this, it's this simple. Download the show as always on iTunes and the Android applications and stuff. And um, we say goodbye with this. See you next week, guys.
2: Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?